Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. I think the lighter on on audio is one of the most iconic sounds for me. Uh-huh. I grew up listening to lighters. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I can hear that and just immediately know what I'm getting into. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I really like these pre-rolls too. The um, Is that one the lemon this sour This is the diesel? sativa, the late grade sativa. Yeah, the lemon sour. Well, we were talking, what did we talk about last episode? Well, we talked about the sour diesel aspect of it. Yeah, but this has a Kush mix yeah. for their sativa it's, flow. The lemon sour diesel is lemon OG Kush crossed with sour diesel to make lemon sour diesel. And these pre-rolls are great. Magic. Mm-hmm. Well, wait. We got to... Uh, wait. Why am I yelling wait, wait. at you? <laughs> wait. <laughs> Slow down. You're going too fast. <laughs> sativa makes my mind race. So I had nine thoughts and mm-hmm. so i think the weight was my own subconscious telling myself <laughs> to slow my roll nice and i just yelled it at you because i don't know how to handle anything else you know sure. what i mean i that's i don't mind being told to wait wait <laughs> slow down I just was like well how about wait <laughs> wait so i have my thoughts together okay we did get messages that people want to talk and learn and chat about strains yeah and you did just write about Kush. OG Kush, specifically. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do you want to drop some knowledge my way while I hit this lake grade and <laughs> say, uh-huh? Sure. Okay. I'll tell you the little bit I know, um, which is that OG Kush, so OG Kush is like the grandmother of uh, a ton of West Coast weed cultivars. And cultivar is actually the proper word that you would use when you're referring to the genetics of like a strain, the cultivars, the plant. Yes. Right? I've heard that before, and I didn't know what it meant the first time. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got upset because uh, I, I got insecure that I didn't know what something was. So I was like, these guys are too uppity. <laughs> and that was really just me not having the confidence to say, what does that mean? <laughs> it is referring to the specific strain of cannabis, the, culti- the, the cultivar is the actual plant. And OG Kush is the genetic parent of a ton of the, like everyone knows the West Coast Kush. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's been immortalized in a million songs. Like when you say and- grandmother, you're talking about like that special sauce that has been passed yeah. down from generations from an Italian family. I mean, it's a parent of uh, Girl Scout cookies. It's a parent of headband. There are a bunch of different ways of expressing the OG Kush, like in the SFV OG, which is the San Fernando Valley OG. Mm-hmm. Um, or SPF. Ghost OG. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but well, wait, like, I'll just tell you what I, the little bit that I know, because I'm actually not mad knowledgeable about this stuff, but I just did do a little bit of investigating about OG Kush for an article that I was writing. And so it came to California from the East Coast, actually. It was, uh, there was a grower, a famous grower named Matt Bubba Berger. Yeah, who, I love these stories. <laughs> yeah, and he had crossed Chemdog, which is the famous strain that was popped from seeds that were uh, in a bag at a Grateful Dead concert. 
So there's the chem dog. And he crossed it with Hindu Kush, which is a Landrace strain, that famous Hindu Kush, the super indica frosty Landrace weed strain. And together that created what became known as the OG Kush. And the OG part of it is such an interesting thing because you think OG means, what, what does OG mean to you? Original gangster, like, like the one that started them all. Right. There are other theories about it floating around out there, though. Nobody really knows what the OG in OG Kush means. Original gangster, obviously. And then another theory is that it refers to overgrow.com, which was this famous weed website in the 90s, I think, that got shut down ultimately. It by sounds like overgrow created that idea for yeah. themselves. But the, the one that I actually believe in, because I remember Danny Danko telling me this years ago at High Times, he was like, nobody knows this, but OG refers to ocean grown, meaning that the best weed is grown near the ocean, the Pacific Ocean, because of the humidity and the salt levels and all that kind of stuff that OG is ocean grown kush. Yes. Yeah. I, I would I want to believe that one because it's my favorite of, of how the world works together. Like the answers are all right here for us. Yeah. The puzzle pieces all fit if you let them be where they want to be. Yep. And so I would like to believe that it is ocean grown yeah. because that makes sense. That's my favorite part of the fairy tale. Nice. So yeah. Ooh, and that makes me think too. And this is a like I love that <laughs> we start with late grade and then we get to ocean grown. Yeah. We're on we're on a path. We're on a path, Mary Jane. We are on a path. I just realized that I just said yeah in the same way like eight times too. That's all right. I yelled wait at you. <laughs> and yeah. You- <laughs> wait. Yeah. Wait. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. <laughs> this is a podcast about cannabis, culture, cooking, calling shit out, and um, pr- wishing we were doing ad libs for Migos. <laughs> <laughs> Splash. Yeah. 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 Um, Wow. Okay. So that's all the knowledge that I have, basically. But I do love it because it's such a fucking legendary strain. And just to know that it was like this, again, you know, came to the East Coast with this one grower or came from the East Coast with this one grower who then passed it to this other famous grower on the West Coast who goes by Josh D., Josh and D and Burger Matt. Josh D and Matt Bubba Burger and uh, Matt uh, Burger also the Bubba comes from Bubba Kush. Everyone's heard of Bubba Kush, of so course. he was behind that as well. So what a legendary! The you're one of the only people I can listen to talk about history. <laughs> That's because I'm all over the map, so you never know what's what's coming. And it helps me pay attention because I'm like <laughs> I'm right there with you with this fractal way of thinking. <laughs> Because if it's too linear, I get bored within 10 seconds because TikTok has broken my fucking small mind that is not, you know, conditioned for long-term focus. I tell you what, there's one thing I'm not, and that's linear. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like a spirograph. Yeah. As a person, yeah, I'm all over the place. But, you know, I always come back to the middle, just like a spirograph. I find my center. It's a metaphor for me. Shout out to this sativa. I'm already having Ooh, fun. Or yes. shout out to you, too. Shout out to, thank you. Shout out Lake Grade. Did Lemon you say thank you? Thank you. Maybe. I don't know what I said. You know you said thank you, and now you're just being nice to me. Sure. I gotta, you know, I gotta support my partner, my podcast partner. I'll say yes and every time. Thank you. Always. I, what else? Well, I don't know. So many. I mean, listen, this app actually is so exciting and we should just like wait and chill in this moment because there's so much coming. Oh, I like that. I like a good deep breath. <sighs> I don't know who tweeted that. I just read that yesterday. It was like, I don't know who, who needs to hear this, but unclench your jaw and take a deep breath. I know who tweeted that and I did it and all my skin fell off my face because yeah. it had been so tight around my eyes for so long that when I finally did let my muscles chill, they took a big Big rest. Yeah. Yeah. Feel good? I feel great. Thank you, Emma. 
Emma. Oh, that was Emma. Yeah. That's right. Doughboy's producer. Emma. <laughs> Extraordinaire. Yep. Yeah. Great follow. She's a real one. <sighs> For real. Well, yeah. You. Like all my skin relaxed in a way that I felt like when the potion wears off on Meryl Streep and death becomes her. Mm-hmm. And she's just like holding up her <laughs> melting skin. Mm-hmm. That's how it felt to relax for a moment. Nice. I don't know if I like that way that sounds, but I hope it felt really good. It felt great. You probably looked real weird. I wasn't here, so I'm glad for that. Do you know what your skull looks like? Um, I know I did a death mask when I was in theater school, which was my face cast in plaster. Uh huh. So I have that. That sounds rewarding because I don't trust mirrors. Mm. I would love to do a death mask to know what I actually look like. Yeah, it's crazy because you you don't look like you do in a mirror because you're seeing the opposite. It's flipped, right? Yeah, I'm not. I'm seeing. I'm seeing anti me. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, and you're not symmetrical. That's the crazy thing. Ouch, Mary Jane. Well, I mean, no, you, you are. You're very symmetrical. You're very <laughs> handsome. The definition of beauty to many beholders is actually symmetry. Yeah, my middle name is Fibonacci spiral. Okay, <laughs> I'm a spirograph, and you're a Fibonacci spiral. <laughs> yeah. No wonder we get along. <laughs> In yeah, the middle, we're just, just a like, mandala. Totally. Yeah, because you're like. And I'm like, ah, oh. uh, and together we're a mandala. I love nice. that. Um, how do I do a, how do I do a death mask? Oh, I have no idea. It was like a special thing we did in theater school. Oh, it wasn't like remember. plaster where you put, um, yeah. um, straws up your nose mm-hmm. and cover your face. Almost like a prosthetic you see for a spooky movie or something like Pretty that. Pretty much exactly that. And then they cool. poured this crazy, like agar, agar rubber something over our face. And I had to sit there for a while until it, you know, kind of firmed up and then we peeled it off and poured plaster into it it was a whole thing i think there are like kits you can actually order online now i would love to have like a desk mat like we're already going to do um a vision board night yeah for 2021 you so let's do, do yeah let's do a death mask night too <laughs> that sounds fun as hell well what do you do with it once it's out of the plaster and stuff do you have to decorate it uh, i used it for mask making class so then that was my face that i could use to mold everything onto to create all the character masks like we did commedia dell'arte yeah, character sure. masks so i made a character named Lakino, who was arlecchino but a seal i would i studied arlecchino <laughs> yeah are you kidding me i didn't I mean, know you did that too yeah Three years of theater school, man. That was a big part of it, actually. It was one of my favorite Arlequino's parts. Arlequino's the funniest, coolest comedian character. Yep. He's great. Yeah. He's, yeah, a little scamp. I can see that you would love to play Arlequino. He actually wasn't my favorite to play. Um, and I'm forgetting the name of the one that I did like, what so don't it? put me on the spot. Okay. Well, we can't talk about Death Mask forever. We have too much to do. We can't talk about Commedia dell'arte in a <laughs> weed podcast. Yeah. Jesus. Everyone's like, shut up, get back to the weed. I think I'm going to go do the New York Times crossword. It's a Saturday and it's the hardest, but it's way better than this. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Man, we have so much going on. Well, we, should we get to our news? Yeah, let's get to okay. our news. Okay, our Gazette this week is actually a segment with a guest. Uh, we are getting to host Emerge again. And if you know what Emerge is from checking it out earlier this year, it is a virtual cannabis conference. They asked us to come back as co-hosts, which is a dream come true. And we get to t- talk with Chuck Warner again, not only about Emerge, but about him because he's such a beam of light. And... We're going to drop a couple of contests and a couple of cool things on our Instagram and Emerge's Instagram leading up to the event on December 15th. But in the meantime, here is our cool news Grublet Gazette interview with Chuck about Emerge. Mary Jane, do you want to say anything? Uh, oh, I just want to say come back because then afterwards we have so much more going on. Oh, so, shit. Yeah. Yes, before we get to it. I didn't tell you, but my butt of the week this week is yes. the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. And I, I'm going to say it's the funniest thing I've ever seen from April of this year through today. Okay, great. It's unreal. I can't wait. Oh, I hope you like him. 
I hope you like him. Okay, here's our interview with Chuck. We meet again. We emerge again. What's happening? Hello, friends. How's it going? <laughs> Great. Great. Did Especially, you... oh, oh, Jinx. Oh, J- oh. Jinx on you. Oh, jinx on you. <laughs> okay, you won. Go ahead. You, you go first. You go second. No, you. Okay, I'll go second. I'll you go first. first. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, is that, I mean, Emerge was so successful the first time around because it, it's, I mean, not only is it revolutionary, but it's built for um, what humanity is going through right now. So what can we expect for the second Emerge? More uh, exciting panels, great guests, award shows. I'm just kind of teeing you up to share exactly what the second one's going to be about. Oh, I love it. It's great. So, you know, going backwards to go forwards, remember we were trying to figure out a solution to a virtual event that could bring back some of what we really enjoy about, about real events. You know what I mean? Um, connecting was, was one of the most important things. We miss our friends. Learning, right? I mean, you get smart. You, go, you show up to some of these things. You listen to smart people talk. You, you can't help but get smart. And doing business. You know, you've got those exhibitors there. You exchange business cards. Next thing you know, someone's calling you and you're doing some business. We wanted to simulate that as best as we could during these crazy times. And that's where Emerge came from. And the virtual reality uh, platform, the avatars, you know, all of that. So that part worked really well. Um, and our, and our speaker lineup was super diverse. Um, you know, it was just, uh, it was a, it, it, as far as I'm concerned, you know, most of the people really enjoyed it. They had a good experience and we saw people on social saying like, Oh, I saw him at emerge or yeah, I reconnected at emerge. And we were like mission accomplished. That's what we wanted, you know, was to create an environment where, you know, people could get back together and, and hopefully do some business. So we did that. And I think now I may be a little bit biased, but I think We've got an even better lineup this time. I think we've got better speakers. I think that we've got better exhibitors. We have more partners. The USA CBD Expo said, let's be friends. And they've got 30 booths here. Um, the Clio Awards said, you know what? We loved your platform. We, are, we can't do this on uh, Madison Avenue in New York. We're going to do it here. So the Clio Awards are giving them out here. And then we even got the NCIA. You know, one of the big themes of this is business. And they're coming on board as a partner. And those guys really know business. So um, we're just super excited about this. Like, I think that this is going to become a tradition. And I think that it's going to be something that we can look back on and say, hey, it wasn't like a real life event. But, you know, it'll do in a pinch, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Can you say a little bit about who uh, the keynotes are yet? I know you've announced a couple. I know David Crosby's coming. That's super exciting. We've got David Crosby. We yeah. have. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, you really teed so me up. Dope. <laughs> He's. It's so exciting. He's so cool. <sighs> I know, right? Like, I mean, we got we got David Crosby. We've got Julian Marley. Um, we've got a whole bunch of <sighs> others. There's one. I can't tell you who it is yet, and this this is going to sound like a big tease. Because it really is. Um, but stay tuned, follow on Emerge, and check it out. As soon as we can, we're going to release it. But we have a couple of super, super big names. You'll know them from, um, you know, from cannabis, from entertainment, really from everything. And they're going to be here, in fact, even in avatar form, walking around, checking it out. So I can't yeah. spill the beans. I've sworn to secrecy. But, oh, God, I want to tell you guys right now so bad. <laughs> I want to tell you, but it's going to be super cool. I promise. 
That's so great. Like one of my favorite things was to stroll around in avatar form, exchange business cards. Like change hat. outfits? Yeah, change outfits. I had like a day look and then an evening look. And then we <laughs> ended up like seshing under the escalator with friends, like hanging out with Brad Bogus. And, you know, it was just like such a really good time and a connected awesome way to safely share all of the things that we love so i'm so excited to be back do you know that got turned into a meme the uh the smoke sesh underneath the escalators <laughs> got turned into a meme and they went and like took the comments from from twitter and i don't know who did this i don't even know if they're on my payroll but it's amazing and it's so funny because your avatars are there and they put in little little smoke like coming out of their mouths underneath there and that's just one of the great memories from the last emerge i will be like i'm gonna have some great flour on hand i'm gonna have some great edibles on hand to enjoy during the conference and just so excited to like hang and, and see everything that you've got going on. So thank you so much. Can we start a new tradition? Like we had everybody smoking under the escalators last time. What do you think yeah. will be the new thing for Winter Emerge? Is it the same venue? Are we in the same yeah. location? Yeah. Okay. I know where I want to go. There's okay. an area that I couldn't find a way into and I'm going to, I'm going to crack the code. You're going to hack in? Yep. There's a platform. <laughs> There's a pink oh, platform. Yeah. Yeah. That I want to get to. It's oh, that's like right. A, it was like beneath city. the matrix. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Find me there at 420. <laughs> so I got to tell you, like on, on, the, on Facebook, there was a bunch of people talking about the event and somebody was like, yeah, it was really weird. There were like two guys standing outside the glass, <laughs> out in the air, <laughs> staring at us. And like, it was just kind of creepy. And I looked at it and I was like, Holy shit, that's Shane and Steven. Those are two guys that work for us. And I took a picture of that and I showed them and I'm like, dude, people are talking about you guys because they did the same thing. They, they somehow figured out how to break the matrix and go wherever they wanted. And the funny thing was, is when they did it, other people were in there in the auditorium looking out the glass at them. They were out there with the blimp, like just floating in space. It was funny as hell. And they took a picture of them. It's the greatest. Awesome. <laughs> so, uh, final final moments. Where can everybody find Emerge? How can everybody be involved? Uh, what are the dates? Yes. Da -da 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 -da. Yes. Okay. So December fifteenth, uh, it's going to kick off. It will be running for three days. Uh, you can check out the agenda. You can uh, get tickets at EmergeCanna.com. And I would encourage you, bring a friend. Like, it's a super fun thing to do with a friend. So get somebody. Um, come and check it out. Now, after the event's over, so the first three days, the 15th, 16th, and 17th, the whole world is open. And so we'll have re-emerge events in there where we invite our sponsors and stuff like that to invite their friends. Um, National Association of Cannabis Businesses actually had their diversity um, social equity day in there. And so they put up stuff. They had a couple hundred people. So basically it's open for 90 days. There'll be little private functions going on in there. But when you buy one ticket to emerge, you're good for 90 days. You can go to all the re-emerges. You can check out the content. If you miss some speakers like some people did, or if you have login issues getting in, don't worry, we'll have it there for you. And you can just pop back in at your convenience and, uh, and cruise around in the world, uh, create your avatar and go check it out. You got 90 days. So follow Emerge on Instagram at Emerge Canna. Yes. And 
the website is emergecana.com. Is that right? Yes, emergecana.com, and we're on uh, Twitter, Facey Space, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> all that stuff. Uh, so give us a follow, you know, LinkedIn, whatever. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm really excited for this one. I think, um, yeah, I think we, I think we got a hit on our hands. Yeah, we do, and keep checking back for when those super guest speakers finally drop. Uh, we'll be making an announcement. I can't wait to hear myself. So thank you so much for coming on and telling everybody about this super cool event coming up next week. We'll see you there. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Yo. <laughs> I'm so excited, and I can't wait to hear who the very special, the VIB at Emerge is going to be. And as soon as we know, we will let all of you know. So follow Emerge at Emerge Canna, and um, we're going to have that contest. And yeah, it's just going to be like a great time. I'm so excited to go next week. I am too. Can I get to my butt of the week first? Oh, I've yes. Been, I've been like bubble burger bursting uh-huh. to share this person with you. Okay. Okay. This is fucking good my butt of the week this week i don't know him at all Mm -hmm. i've never met him Mm -hmm. but he's such a funny comedian and his name is brendan o'hare brendo or brend o'hare on instagram okay sorry i don't know why that name sativa is great because i am i'm like alert and awake and i like myself Mm -hmm. but when it comes to like reading anything right boy oh boy yeah maybe it's not your re it's not a reading thing for you so Mm-mm. much not anymore <laughs> um so here's what brendan did okay brendan went on newt gingrich's wife what's her name camille oh i have no oh, calista flockhart no wait what's calista her name <laughs> i can't remember her name she has a name like calista though calista it's, it's calista gingrich yeah see I okay knew it. so she always is posting like pictures of her and newt and it's like me and newt in rome me and newt in italy she looks like mars attacks to me she does look like marzipan mars attacks mm-hmm. jesus christ yeah she, that weird yeah. blonde helmet <laughs> she's got like blonde helmet hair Nah. Nah, nah, my name is Costa Gingrich. <laughs> okay. So she was she posted a sad looking picture of this lasagna and it was like home cooking with Newt Gingrich and Brendan went on it and he <laughs> <laughs> He wrote just one pic of Newt eating this, not a big deal. And he kept posting it on the lasagna and then she kept deleting it. Mm-hmm. So he made a whole video like Callista keeps deleting my comment where I'm asking to show a picture of Newt eating the lasagna. Uh-huh. And then 400 people flooded Callista's Instagram and started like commenting, would love to see a pic of Newt eating this. And come on, guys, let's see a pic of Newt enjoying that lasagna. Let's see him tackle that bad boy. Gotta see Newt try this. And so <laughs> Brendan <laughs> created this whole like night of viral fun where everyone was... Col- Commenting on Callista Gingrich's lasagna picture. <laughs> oh, requesting a picture my God. Can you post this, but with Newt eating it? <laughs> Hi, Callie. Newt's lasagna mouth, please. <laughs> I think it would be really nice to see Newt eating this. <laughs> this is fantastic. This is what the internet is for. This is how everything should work. This is absolutely fucking fantastic. Holy smokes. And it's at Callie Gingrich. Oh, it's in Rome, Italy. That lasagna is also like, what the fuck is this picture? Yo, that is not well made. That is some sad ass lasagna. It's all like, it's not holding its form. It looks dry and wet at the same time in an unappetizing way. And the plate looks cold. Just like- she didn't eat this lasagna. That's a stock photo of some bad lasagna. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's amazing. Brendo O'Hare. Yeah, so shout out to Brendan O'Hare. 
And um, wow, man, just hop on her Instagram and you'll see the lasagna. Just give it a click and a read. <laughs> Callie. <laughs> um, I'm excited for my butt of the week because I'm about to hang out with them. Like, in fact, we need to finish up recording so I can go and do this because I'm going to be doing a class with Chef Nikki Stewart at the Chef Nikki, N-I-K-K-I. Nikki Stewart is a chef and cannabis educator who hangs out with Chappelle in Ohio and I believe may even be a personal chef for Dave Chappelle. Yo, you're Um, cooking with them today? Yeah, I've got a, a... baking class, a virtual baking class that was set up uh, by Weed Maps, and they sent over everything I need. So I have all of the ingredients. I have rosin capsules. I'm For the first time, I'm going to be cooking with rosin capsules. I didn't even know those existed. And <clears throat> yeah. I'll, Okay, can I, what are you making? Uh, apple cinnamon blondies. Ooh, I'll be diving into that. With caramel sauce. <laughs> God so damn. Excited. It's so good. I have everything. They sent over, like, you know, from, from apples to fucking weed. I have it all. How do you like them apples? And then I'll feed you a blondie afterwards. Please do. Yeah. Shoot it across the room into my mouth with a slingshot. Yeah, I got to get a rubber band. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, at the Chef Nikki, I'm so excited to hang and like learn about making infused food with rosin capsules and just like all of the fucking cool stuff. Like what a cool hang. What What a a cool virtual holiday hang. That's what it's all about. Right? There's, yeah, there's answers. There's answers out here. Yeah. It's nice. And that's a good tie into our cool virtual holiday hang with our guests. RVIB, our very important bud, Lindsay yes. Collins. Yes. Yes. Uh, FNB Radio, new friend, thanks to um, some other friends in South Carolina, Mari and Henry. Shout out to both of you for connecting Lindsay and us. Yay. Uh, she's cool as hell. She's fucking cool as hell. We had such a good time on her pod, FNB Radio, just talking about us all the time and she totally buried the lead at the like very near the end of our episode on fmb radio she, she was like when i was working at noma we were like what at noma what's happening right now so we had to have her on weed and grub to tell us about her life and then at the end of it she still dropped knowledge that we still don't know about it's very frustrating when your friends <laughs> hold secrets from you like what thomas keller is like and why I love to make meatballs that look so delicious on my Instagram. And also, I went to Berkeley School of Music. We don't have to talk about that. What are you talking what about, you Lindsay? Ta- Lindsay, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? It was uh, such a fucking hang. And I, I mean, I think we're just going to end up cross-potting a whole bunch. <laughs> would that be funny? Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. We'll just be on her show every other week, and then she'll be on our show every other week. <laughs> oh, wait. Are we, are we lemon OG Kush, or are we sour diesel? Oh, sweet. I would want to be the sour diesel component for the, you know, for the New York... Love. Okay, cool. She's the lemon OG Kush to our sour diesel to make lemon sour diesel. Fuck yeah. I like that. That's what's up. All right. (laughs) Without further ado, here's our interview with... Lindsay Collins. Hey, Mike, have you heard about Ama Elevate? I have, but you know, I want to hear you say it. Okay. It's the world's first hemp elixir. Ama makes the highest quality hemp products that allow you to be your best self naturally. You want me to be a good me? Naturally. Yeah. Ama is that. Any anytime I'm striving for self-actualization, mm-hmm. if I can put organic things in my body, that is the way I'm going to get to the top of that pyramid. That's awesome. Ama's got you too. You can mix Ama Elevate into your drinks for a mood-enhancing effect with or without alcohol. Also, Ama is an A, which is a pyramid, and an M, which is a pyramid. I'm a little bit high right now but i'm thinking in terms of my connections that i make for things i like Uh uh-huh yeah and it's a it's a pyramid product it's also a palindrome 
Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's a pyramid palindrome. <laughs> Ama organic plants are sustainably grown without pesticides or chemicals, and the state-of-the-art extraction process uses the most sophisticated technology to create cold-pressed juice from hemp. It's so, so dope. I'm looking at their starter pack right now. I've got hemp elixir. I've got nano soft gels. Mm-hmm. So fun. I've never tried a nano soft gel, so you know I'm going to dive into that. There's a eucalyptus and lavender solve. Uh-huh. Ooh, my lips are going to be good because the winter is not for them. And they've got a mint hemp oil. Everything you need is right here. Everything I need is right here. I should take more... Uh, ownership of myself. (laughs) Ama Elevate has everything you need. You can go to amahealing.co for more information. That's A-M-M-A healing.co. Ama, all bliss, all buzz, no booze, zero calories, no hangover. Add Ama Elixir Elevate to any beverage just in time for the holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. Ho, ho, ho. I'm so excited to be having this conversation with you. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, guys. This Can I just say before we get started that I'm like more nervous now to be on Weed and Grub than I was to have you on my show because I've since, A, gotten to know you better and B, learned about all of the things that you've done and then... I texted Mike after we hung up the next day and I was like, I feel like I'm in a a spiral of shame because I didn't understand the magnitude of how awesome you guys were. And I wish I would have talked about your careers more on my show. So thank you for having me. I'm nervous. I I think that that's like the flow. It's like a, it's a Mobius strip flowing right back into you because we were on your show and you dropped the lead so hard. You buried the lead. LA you key. dropped it and then buried it. You dropped it and buried it. And then it covered it up. Six and then, feet under. Yeah, like put a tree 45 minutes in, you were like, anyway, when I was at Noma, and we were like, wait, what? And you were like, yeah, Renee Redzepe. And we were like, wait, what? No, stop. Stop. What, what, are, you ta- what are you talking about? Why are we, ta- why are we talking? No, yeah. no. We need to hear from you. No. Everything. All the things. So, well, This yeah. podcast is about you. This. <laughs> so, stropping. It's, yeah. Let's, let's hear all of everything from the beginning. From the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, Uh People's lives are so long that I never know like exactly how to do that. But I think the important like highlights of my life to know about me that kind of make me who I am in this world. I mean, all of the experiences, but the major ones are that I have only ever worked in food and beverage. It's the only job I've ever had except for a brief summer as a lifeguard. But I was also working at a restaurant. It was just a second job. (laughs) Um, So that's important to know about me. I was homeschooled, which is important to know about me. And I'm like a total theater kid which is important I think and then now I have three kids and I've I've worked in a bunch of different restaurants a lot of them very good ones like you were saying Noma um the French Laundry Mm -hmm. (laughs) um per se um and then some not good ones too and I love them all the same for there's just been so many in fact between when I left the French Laundry I went and worked at one of the weirdest like restaurants in the whole world that was so it was a steakhouse that was like so cheesy that I I wore one of those like polyester shirts with the prime it had the prime like steakhouse stamp where it looked like it was grilled onto a piece of meat like on my shirt with my name on it oh yeah (laughs) and I was pregnant and they wouldn't get me the right size so it was just like you could see my stomach under 
the shirt and this was I had just left the French laundry and like was at the top of my career and then I ended up in the steakhouse in Aiken South Carolina um and I loved that fucking restaurant too I loved working there and I learned a lot from the dude that ran it who was kind of an ex-mafia type named Randy and he's <laughs> like like we were making salads in a cooler like mixing them with our hand like it was just such a weird like fall from grace in a way that I was like you're just never above anything. You think you might think mm-hmm. you've gotten somewhere, but you you just don't know where you'll end up. So it's it's been a very wild ride, but um yeah, I love restaurants and I love food and I just kind of made it my whole life's work and I've I've worked in them all. Great and bad ones. And I have good stories wow. from all of them. So I One of the best experiences I've ever had was when I was I was having such a good time at this restaurant and the people I was with, the company, the whole hang was so good, but we never realized that our waters kept being filled mm. and we never realized that plates were disappearing. Like the flow and the mix between the people who were working there and ourselves created one of those just memorable moments where the like you were just in the fucking pocket the whole goddamn time and then we left floating on air with full bellies and happy smiles it was incredible those kind of experiences are like they that's kind of what makes you want to just keep trying to hit that same spot again because if you can if you've ever been able to facilitate an experience like that for someone it feels so good for this for the team that's doing it as well like you kind of like in a weird selfish way you kind of get off on being like i know how to make these people like how to facilitate this crazy time and not be in their way and it really is kind of an art on on both sides you have to have people who are good guests but you also have to have the staff like doing that dance that you talk about where like you don't really Mm -hmm. notice that they're there but it's i don't know like everything is thought of before you think you need it it's already been thought of and they've done it it's masterful to watch (laughs) I love that so much. I think my favorite part of working in any of the restaurants I worked at was when I would get to bartend at a find like a, a nicer restaurant. I worked at a place called Flying Fish in Seattle as a bartender, which is where I learned the most. I think I learned about any kind of like service and and wine. And then I also got to work at Cafe Luxembourg in New York. Love that place. And oh, such a good place with like great lighting. I think first and foremost, like you just, everyone looks good in there Mm -hmm. and it's super low key. So like the celebs are just feeling like it's an easy hang and it's a neighborhood bistro. It's not like a place where anyone goes to be seen. So it's very chill. And doing that dance, that ballet behind the bar, which was always just me and one other person was like so satisfying at the end of the night to have someone like happily drunk and full of, you know, confit or whatever it was. And like, you know, leaving you some like crazy tip and you're like, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. Or not, you know, or not. There were always the regulars who were like also just there to like, it was just a pleasure to, you know, wait on them and hang. Like, Oh, I'd yell at them. I'd get fired right away. I mean, there was, there's like that one guy who would always show up on Friday night at like eight 45 and post up at the bar and take a highly desired seat and drink a seltzer. And you're like, no, please go away. (laughs) Come on. You close at nine. No, he would like take up the seat for the prime dining hour. Oh, no, yeah, no, no. Because no. it was just lonely. It was, yeah. But you know, that's part of it too. Like that's part of it too. You're, you're, you're there for those people as well. It always makes me laugh because after all of the years of like mostly waiting tables, I worked in the kitchen off and on in some places, but it was not, that wasn't my strong suit. I'm like much, much better in the dining room. And 
I always used to like get really stoked when I would get a huge tip because it's such a like adrenaline rush and you feel like you've just like robbed a bank or something. You're like, why do they, why do I have so much money for this like same thing I do every night? And then you would get like a shitty tip from someone or a tip that you didn't deserve and you would be like, uh, it all just kind of evens out in the end. It, it, I never got like, there was never one year where I made more money. There would be like months where I got like fat tips and months where I got shitty tips. But in the end, it's kind of like, it all just evens out. So Norman, even though he's there, just killing a seat. And at a bar, that's a big deal because you don't have as, it's not like you have a section with all these different tables and potentially different party sizes. Like you have a set number of seats that can make money. But Norman, you know, he's, he's compensated by the other people who, who hook you up. So it's, it's for everybody, as you say. Fuck that. No, <laughs> it needs to be taught in school like it, there needs to be a, an etiquette in public class that teaches you about how the service industry works, how eating out works, treating people with respect, tipping, and how to do the tw- the math to figure out at least twenty percent. Like this needs to be taught in school so that human beings realize what it's like to be alive. I think it's not okay. Fuck Norman. It's yeah, Norman sucks. Well, but also, if Norman had worked in a restaurant, Norman wouldn't do that. I always say that everybody sh- it should be required that they go work in a restaurant before they can graduate high school. Is my feeling because I'm like you have to, you can't learn it in a class. You have to literally observe people and be like some people are devoid of empathy. So even if you explain to them that you're, dude, you're fucking me over. I have three kids, man, and they, <laughs> they don't care because they're like an old, you know, curmudgeon that's been alone their whole life, and they're like, well, what about me? Hmm. Totally. I think that is really the, it's the only way to ever. Uh, educate someone on how to treat waitstaff is to make sure that they have done it do it they they've just done it yeah and I think there is like a special kind of bar diner too for the most part even if they haven't worked in uh the restaurant world for the most part I always found the bar diners to be like really great tippers and really generous people because for more often than not they just wanted to be left the fuck alone and they're so excited that you're helping them just like eat their dinner and get kind of lit and then right (laughs) go home it's they're not trying to have some kind of like whole you know experience like I feel like people are often looking for from being seated in the restaurant yes and so they all more than made up for Norman who was like that one the one kind of lonely guy who also is like, you know, just like really looking for human connection. So. Why are you defending? <laughs> because Norman, Norman is me. We are all Norman in this goddamn pandemic. It's so true. I am Norman. But <laughs> Norman people, I'm going to start a show. It's going to be a hit. It's about some kids in Scotland um, that, uh-huh. that take up. Normans and Karens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> take up seats at bars on Salter Water. Yeah. No, there's always that person that you're like, why do you keep coming back here? The regulars that uh, complain constantly, bitterly, like I'd always be like, why are you here? Does stuff like that happen at Noma or the French Laundry? Because I feel like the the mythology, not only around those chefs, but around that night and that experience where you may only get to be there one time in your whole life. Do people still fuck up so bad that they like lose their edge, even though it's so special? Oh, yeah. I think even more. I One thing, like the main problem I had fitting in there was, or I guess the biggest learning curve was trying to make people feel comfortable. Just the dining room is a scary fucking place. It's like intimidating. There's so much pressure, like you say, to this is maybe the only time they're going to eat there. Or a lot of people are trying to like are overextending, you know, this is like more money than they can really afford. So they get in there 
and then they start understanding the gravity of the price and there's fights that come up or you can see insecurities happen in people immediately where they kind of shut down like is this is this for a, a glass and then they're like you know what i mean and they get they get mad and they that's happened to me before sure for sure you feel mm -hmm. stupid or you feel like it's out of your reach even though you're here and you're like wanting to have a good time so there's a lot of like i think the training and when you see people there that are front of house and at noma the chefs run the food um so they get involved in the, the experience which is really fun but yeah, people fuck it up all the time. I think because even more because the expectations are so high. But it's, it's you knock it out of the park more than you fuck it up. I think because most people once they're there and once they settle in and they get a drink in them and the and the magic starts to happen, they will lose that. But initially coming in, you get some really frantic anxiety from people either feeling like they don't know what to do or that they're doing something incorrectly. And once a lady came in and she was, she was stunning, but she had to walk up three little steps and she fell in front of the whole dining room. And like oh. it, her face, it, she just like wanted to dissolve into tears and like everybody turned and stared. And then they, you know, they turn away, but it's like too late. And she was, she was so devastated and just like I like ran over and grabbed her because everybody just was standing there like an asshole <laughs> and I like helped her up and through like being silly or comedy or like something like something like fuck all these people you know just like come on and she laughed and like she ended up it was the first time I ever got palmed money but when she left mm -hmm. she palmed me a hundred dollar bill and I was like oh shit Wow, because no. I <laughs> I just was the only person there who didn't look at her and make her feel like, like, oh my God, what an idiot. Because Ugh. they do. It's a really intense place to be. Yeah, that's so wonderful. That you <laughs> did. I bet she still thinks of you. Fondly, I, still, I hope you know? so, because I still think of yeah. her all the time. I'm always like, she was so, so brave, because that is that's a tough crowd to fall in front of. Falling anywhere sucks, but falling in that setting like when you're just walking to your table it's like god damn <laughs> yeah the only way to recover from that is to pop back up and be like yeah you know like to, to you know make a moment of it i don't even show know, them man. all your wow. panties just like yes yeah. just fuck them fuck them all fuck mm -hmm. them all oh. oh man wow Ooh, i i'm I'm thinking about, uh oh, oh, okay, there you Sorry, are. Um, I'm, sorry, I'm thinking about wanting to talk about the food, about working with these chefs, and I'm also thinking about some of my biggest pet peeves I have as a diner in a restaurant, and I'm not sure which place to go because you've got me kind of <laughs> giddy about all of it. Oh, I, I want to hear your pet peeves. Okay, it's two. Okay. I have two. And let me preface this by saying that I am fun, okay? Uh -huh. Like, I'm a good Despite the Roomba time. comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the weed helps, you know, yeah. always. You're a fucking right? blast. Yeah. You're a blast. Mm -hmm. it, it, I'm, yeah, I'm fucking fun. Just, like, follow these small rules. Yeah. And we'll get through it. Get through it. We'll get through it together. It'll be fine. It's going to be fine. I don't like people who, once they get two or three drinks in them, they don't realize how loud they are. Oh, yeah. And maybe they're not being loud at all. But to me, a table at a restaurant is for whispering intimately and having 
conversations. It's not for talking at a normal volume. And I get really self-conscious when people can cut through the atmosphere of the whole fucking place. I, I, I need them to not do that, mm. even especially if they're at my table. It drives me crazy. Two or three drinks in and the volume just like gets up there a bit. What do you do when someone at your table is that? Do you tell them that they need to lower their voice or do you like ask them or like do you just sit there and squirm uncomfortably until it's over? Every single fucking time I've said, can you please talk quieter? It hasn't gone well and it ruins the mood of the night. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But at the same time, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's horrifying, not only for the people at your table, it's bad for everybody because it rips everybody out of their own little special experience that they're having. It's totally, it's just like, I I don't know. It's like, yeah, being in the middle of sex and like some, like a kid knocks on your door or like the mailman shows <laughs> yeah. up and like, you know what I mean? Like you just, it's like, fuck, that just totally ripped me out. I was in a place. Or your kid brings the mailman in. Yeah. <laughs> or your kid yeah. is a mailman and then he, <laughs> here he is and he's got the fucking package and he lives there. It's insane. But it's like, it, it sucks. And it's, we've told, I've told people they have to lower their voice. And I think in your situation, that would be nicer than your friend having to tell you, because then at least it's this, you know, it's the establishment and they can be like, fuck this place or whatever they want to say. But they've been kind of, you know, brought back down by being like, no, it's not just me, your friend that's feeling embarrassed. You're literally ruining everyone's time because they are. I I completely Mm -hmm. agree with that pet peeve. I don't think, now I, I do like a I do like a laugh. I like a jovial place. I don't want it to feel like a morgue, but I don't um I don't think people should talk too loudly. And actually at Per Se and at the French Laundry, I don't know if you've eaten there, but there's no music in the dining room. So it is a weird fucking thing to get used to. If you've worked in a place that's like every other restaurant that does play music. So you yeah. walk in there and it's just like you're like in a cathedral and it's like ah why is it so quiet? So it's yeah. The NoHo Star, where I worked in New York, didn't have any music because it was a cavernous space, and the owner just hated the way that the music was like a cacophony with any of the other sounds of the restaurant going on. Mm-hmm. And it was intense because you could hear, like, you know, you could be. It was like you know when you go into cathedrals and you whisper into one wall, and someone yes. can stand on the other side. And it was like that. Yes, you can hear everyone's secrets. You know, you can hear that couple divorcing at table thirty-two or whatever. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's fucking insane. It's intense. And someone being super loud and like, especially if they're being loud about something personal, oof, that's, that's tough. I remember there was a a very famous Real Housewives member who came in and um, needed everyone to know that she needed a tampon. And we were all like, she asked every wait staff, every female wait staff member. She asked the hostess, she asked everyone, she was like just like the stage whisper and we were all like we get it you have you're <laughs> yep you're still menstruating we all get it she's like we i still know. got all my ovaries in case anybody yeah. cares <laughs> <laughs> we were like oh god Shit. still a breeder yeah <laughs> wow just the garbage so oh, i know garbage garbage, garbage. it's terrible yeah. it's terrible but it is i i just no i think you're right and especially if it's because they're drunk some people are loud talkers i i have a loud voice but i can control it but if it's because they've been drinking too much i'm like this is on you if you're not just a person mm-hmm. that scream talks and it's because you've now you're, you're inebriated beyond. And that's another thing. I don't, I want to hear your another, your next pet peeve because, uh, that is one that I hate when being out with someone that 
that just fucking makes an ass of themselves is really the older I get, the more I just can't stand it. I'm like unacceptable. Like I want to have a yeah. good time and I, I like to drink and I love to like get down, but there's, there's been just one too many times where people take it too far and you're like, this isn't that kind of place, you know, it's not a bar. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. That's why I'll get to my other pet peeve in a second, but that's why like I really love going to uh, a, a fancier place with you, Mary Jane, is because like we can get the wine pairings with it, and I know that I'm in good company of someone who knows how to handle those wine pairings, mm. and we're not going to go into one time, and I'll leave them nameless, and I'll keep the story brief, but I went to a, a Jose Andres restaurant, wow. and... And we got the wine pairing and we just did the main menu and they got so hammered and so full that afterwards they were like, I want to smoke a cigar. And then they just puked in the bushes, all 32 <laughs> courses and 18 oh. wine pairings. And that was the end of the night. And I was like, yo, never again. Dude. Goodbye so much. And so it's oh. a joy when you can find that person that can like drink with you, eat with you and not do that. Well, and word to the, like, if you haven't ever experienced a long tasting menu, you cannot finish the glass. I mean, I can't. Like, the last time I ate at, (laughs) per se, I I don't know if she'll ever listen to this because she, I don't know. But my sister came with me and she's an incredibly, like, she's the opposite of me. Like, she's put together, she's calculated, she's (laughs) she's just all of these things. She's blonde and beautiful and, like, does not have outbursts of under any circumstance, like kind of a shy person. And she had the wine pairings in like, because I had worked there, it was, we were 20 something courses in, like it was so, so long. And everybody was like drinking so much, but I would only take a sip and then kind of like, they were laughing cause I had this like rainbow of glasses that I wouldn't let them take away. Cause I just loved the way they looked and I wanted to keep smelling them, but I didn't want to drink them all. She was drinking hers because they were kind of just little tasteful pours for each course, but the courses were so many. By the end, like, I I hope this isn't offensive to anybody. It's not, I don't think it's cool that she said it. In fact, it was horrifying, but she's like, called someone a fucktard? And I was like, Haley, (laughs) what? (laughs) And it was just like, she was saying something like trying to be supportive about someone who had been mean to me. And she's like, whatever, he's just a, and then just like yells this out in the dining room. And I was like, Mo- like wanted to die inside. <laughs> like I was like, oh my God, how did we get here? Like, why would you say that? But she had just like later the next day, she uh, changed her flight, left early. She was in New York to go to a friend's wedding and like just was so catastrophically hungover. She was like, I shouldn't have had all the wine pairings. So I was like, I know, boo, you, you fucked up real bad. And now I can, <laughs> now I can never go back there, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it was, it was super uncool. So don't drink them all. Don't drink the whole thing. It's meant to be a taste with the food, unless you're like a pro and you know, you can handle it. And then by all means, you know, there's only like a hundred of those people on the entire planet though. I feel like, yeah, maybe you're one of them. I feel like, no, I'm not. I, I truly am not like I would have, I would have been asleep and you see people throw up all the time, honestly, not from drinking too much, but from the food. Um, yeah. They would, that was a, a very common thing to, to have people vomit at the table. <gasps> at like French laundry and stuff? Yeah. I mean, all, specifically no. French laundry and per se, because the courses are so many. Like not really at, I've never seen anybody throw up at like 
an, a regular like restaurant, but those restaurants, people <laughs> yeah. vomit. One time, wow. one time, I'm a friend, I made my friend laugh so hard at the pasta house in St. Louis that fettuccine came out of his nose. And then <laughs> he, he puked a little bit into his hand. <laughs> That's amazing! Oh my god, it actually like came out. It was it was suspended between his sinuses yeah, yeah, yeah. and his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Amazing! Yeah. Ew! Wow! That's oh, shit. must have been a good wow. joke. Brandon Dodds. Shout out. Brandon. Hey, what up, Brandon? My whole joke was I just, every time he would take a bite, I would hold my hand over his plate of food and not say anything. And I just kept doing it all night long. And he knew I would do it. And I would do it and not break conversation. And he just lost it. And he honked it up and then puked a little bit. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. That felt pretty good for you. It was a great bit. Yeah, I was real happy with that. That's a real good bit. I like that a lot. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god yeah no throwing up at the table is is it's a it's hard to deal with because the people around you are like seriously yeah yeah wow uh, fucking nine sticks of butter and, yeah okay anyway yep gross but, okay okay well okay so my last pet peeve before we get into food and you're you're an amazing cook and the chefs you've worked with and i feel like we're burying the lead on our fucking podcast now the same way we did on yours <laughs> no um I don't like the person in my group that feels the need to talk to the server every time they come by. <laughs> it drives me fucking crazy. <laughs> like it's a they have to ask a weird question that nobody gives a shit of an right. answer to or they have to be like, "Hey, what kind of a carrot is this?" Like and nobody's interested and they just feel this compulsion to make another statement in connection with the server every goddamn time. <laughs> <laughs> This is, is a, this a particular person you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, this is a very specific pet peeve. <laughs> but actually not that, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of wondering if you're talking about me. But I don't, like, I over-identify with the staff and try to be, I'm that asshole that tries to be, like, the cool person to wait on. Not in, like, a, I want them to think I'm cool, but, like, then I'm thinking of them that I'm knowing how to stack my plate, that I'm not putting my, you know what I mean? I try to do, I try to be savvy, but I don't Mm -hmm. know that I, I don't specifically try to talk to them. I do thank them more than I see my companions thanking them. And I don't know if that's my own, like, again, over identifying, but I'm just like, uh, some people when they just want to talk to, to you is when you're the server, it can get awkward because then there's like this expectation that gets built up every time where you're like, please don't break. You're in the middle of a conversation and you're just stopping to like have a sidebar with me. You know what I mean? It's, Mm -hmm. I see what you're saying, how that is fucking obnoxious and it is impossible to keep up that level of attention to the server because they're there all the time. So then you're just going to spend the whole meal being like, Oh, that's so cool. Now tell me about these Thumbelina carrots. Like, (laughs) thank you for seeing me. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally see that. Um, It's, it's annoying. What's your policy or what's your, what's your take? How do you feel about the hunker, the hunker down? The uh, The the table side hunker down. What do you, wait, like squatting down by your table? Yeah, how how do you, I feel like this is a loaded question. Um, but, (laughs) but I, 
I absolutely under no circumstances would ever hunker down by a table. Like I just think t to me, it's like, we're not, we're not at a Chuck E. Cheese. We're not at a, I, a, a Ruby <laughs> Tuesday or whatever the fuck, you know, no Charlie's like I, anybody yeah. that like puts the, the menus in their armpit. Like I'm just very aware oh. of like the things that I touch in their space as the diner, like that's their sacred space. And like popping down to like get on their level is creepy. Popping on down. I, I had a, I had a right before the pandemic hit, I had a server pop on into the banquette and sit next to me no. while no way. took my order. And I was like, you are a serial killer. Get away. Oh I will God. call the police on you. They popped the into your banquette? Popped in too. And I was like, I'm, I'm seriously going to cut you. That's <laughs> fucked up. Away from me. It was so crazy. That's insane. It was so crazy. If we ever get to taste your food, <laughs> and whether it's just like a little joint beforehand or you ended up like diving into the edibles market yourself, like, holy smokes, you're so talented. So I'm really hoping to combine weed and grub uh, yes. and experience it with you sometime. I would love that so much. That sounds, and thank you for the nice words because I, I just really love... I just, I, when I was talking to you guys, I'm like, the, to talk to people who truly do love food and cooking and eating specifically, because some people love cooking, but don't necessarily love eating. And I've never understood that. There are chefs that just like, they cook amazing stuff and they eat garbage. Like it's weird that those uh -huh. people exist. Um, yeah. But you guys seem to truly have an appreciation. I'm like, we definitely could combine powers and I would, I would be so excited to do that. Let's fucking do it. F and B, W, G. F and yeah. B meets W, G in a pop-up. We can do a pop-up. Let's do a pop-up. Next summer. That Not a pop-down, though. Nobody's popping down. No, 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 no popping down. <laughs> Just pop-ups. I'm popping pop -up. down. <laughs> I only pop oh, one man. direction, and that's up. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be great. Could we do, like, a rapid fire? Yeah. Because I'm bursting to talk about all these chefs and mm -hmm. all of the food and restaurant. And then if within the rapid, I don't know why I'm all ruly today. Sorry, yeah. everybody. No, uh, I like it. It's been it. a long day, but. It's, it's hot, Mike. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm. yeah uh, I'm into um, it. It's keeping me if, going. If within the rapid fire, there's any great stories or it makes anyone think of anything, like I don't want to steamroll through <laughs> something that could be juicy and fun, like a nice peach tart, you know? Okay. Ooh. All right. So starting with per se, French Laundry and Thomas Keller. Um, is he the kind of person that is testing you at all times and you don't even know he's testing you to see if you can stay there? Because he seems patient and calm, but very sneaky and calculated. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, first of all, you are so astute because I don't know if you met him because that's a really accurate description of how he is. Um, he's almost like, I, I equate it to like when the, I've never met the Pope or, but I, the way people feel about the Pope when he walks into a room where you're just like, <gasps> and he is quiet and he is, um, extremely calculated, but yes, he is always testing you. When I, the, the time that I worked at the French Laundry, I was studying to be, uh, a chef de partie but I was a Comey, which Chef de Partie is just a line cook, but Comey is like a prep cook. And so I was making pasta dough and I'm kneading the pasta dough by hand and I'm at the back door, like on a little station. And he comes in in the morning and he's, um, 
like putting on his apron and he walks up and he sees that I'm there and I just moved from New York. So he's like, oh my God, Lindsay, you're here. He's so kind. Like he always shakes in with every single member of the staff. And that's kind of universally, like I learned that from him and I do it now. And it's been weird to see this ripple effect. Like if you start doing it, everybody will start doing it. You shake in and you shake out when you, when you leave to let people know that you're there. But he, he shook in and was like, you know, hi chef. And I didn't even realize what was happening, but all of a sudden the pasta wasn't in my hands anymore. It was in his and he was turning it and talking to me. Not, he never looked, he never mentioned the dough, but he's feeling it in between his fingers. And I suddenly like horrified realize he's got my dough <laughs> and he's tr testing it to make sure it's okay. But he's talking to me about something completely different. We're just chatting away like about really mundane stuff. And he's, he's very intimidating, but also very kind. And he put the dough back and was like, nice pasta dough chef and just walked away. And I like, my whole body just was like, Oh God. Okay. I did. I passed it because I had, have heard and I've seen him very rarely lose it on people, but, um, it's not, not nice. There's this urban legend of, uh, a, a guy that was working canapé station, which is the hardest station to work. Um, they do is that oysters pearls and oysters, or whatever yes, it's called. Exactly, yeah, yeah. oysters and pearls. They do all of the the small first bites, so they just get hammered in the beginning because all the tasting menus come in, and everybody needs a first course, and it's a very delicate. It's not putting a salad on a plate, you know. It's like canelling caviar and poaching oysters, and it's really intense. Um, and so. This guy just has some sort of a, he, he gets totally overwhelmed and he, he passes out. He loses consciousness. Oh my God. And he's on the floor and Thomas just turns over, steps over his little lifeless body and is like, and now I have to do your job too. And was just like, <laughs> somebody else like pulled him away, like, like screeched <laughs> his dead body out of there. He wasn't really dead. He was fine. He was just, right. he had a panic attack. Yeah. And oh, wow. Thomas Fucking. never missed a beat to be like, are you okay? <laughs> like somebody get this guy some water. He knew that would be taken care of because the way they set those kitchens up, like there's a million like people that are in line to, to, to do that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he's always wow. testing you and he's always making like, it's, it's the quality of what's going out over anything else um, every single time. So it doesn't matter if he, he liked me. He like, we were very, very good buds, but he just, uh, never just having a conversation with you. It's always, there's always, especially if you're, if you're involved with the food at the time. Like if you, if you talk to him outside of work, actually very laid back, like he likes to have a cigar and he'll, you'll see him strolling around Yauntville, um, having a couple of drinks. Once he bummed a cigarette from me and I was like, you smoke? And he was like, yeah, tonight he was having fun. And he's very, very much, but not, not when it's business, business and pleasure, are two different things. And that guy never fucking misses. God damn. The yeah. show must go on. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. It just like, <laughs> Whew. yeah. Makes me nervous that, talking about it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. When you're working at that level, like you don't want them to see if that person on the floor is okay. Like why would, why would a, the greatest you know, like Yo-Yo Ma's not going to put down his cello and ask if that first violinist needs to be, you know, 
a fainting couch. Nope. Get out of here. Like Get I'm the- here being the greatest in the world. So he's it. Well, and that is, so that is one of the entire, this is kind of a funny tie into Noma and this is not a rapid fire. Sorry. I'm worst at rapid fire. We can move on if you'd like. It's a rapid one. <laughs> it's a rapid one question. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that was one of the things that, that I learned at that thing at, in those restaurants was it sounds selfish, but you have to never falter at your job. It's, it's team minded, but the reality is your job and what you do is an integral piece in a puzzle that has to be perfect. And so you can't really stop to help someone else necessarily. I mean, if, if you're good and you got it like that and you got the time, yeah, but you won't ever have the time because the standards are so impossible. Never. Yeah. You can really only do your job. If you're in the court of ballet, yeah, you don't stop the dance. Just no, no. help your fallen comrade. You just no. keep going. It's he steps so... in to do the canopy job because now yeah. he can't do his own job. So Yeah. Wow. And low key, I would be hoping somebody does pass out so that I get my shot. Because I've been like <laughs> hanging out. Nefarious. Fucking waiting. And now I'm like, thank God. Like, let me show you what I can do. You know, it's cutthroat. You know, yeah, people, it's a, it's a sacred gig if mm-hmm. you get a gig in a place that everybody else wants i i want you to low-key kind of fail i will never make you fail but i yeah. want you to so that i can step up and shoot my shot mm-hmm. that's right and that's really the only way i joke about it but it's not a joke i'm like i was never a captain there because those people have to die they don't give up those jobs it's like, like late night writers if you're yeah, listening. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it is. Like there's some dirt that goes on trying to get those jobs because like you can move all you can move into many other like satellite positions but you'll never get a captain's job there because those people don't fucking leave. Mm-mm. Okay, rapid fire. Sorry. Worst thing. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm coming at you we with a hot do, second question. We should do a okay. new podcast called Rapid Fire, and it's <laughs> slow. Just not it's rapid slow. at all. <laughs> it's just a lot of slow questions. Uh, worst thing that was ever said to you in the kitchen or in the restaurant? Oh, worst Oh, this is, you know, this one is very funny, but not very funny. It's kind of sad. My first restaurant job ever, um, this, it was in my little town and this, the chef was an like, she was probably 43 black woman and she was, she was spieling the menu and she was like, and we have collard greens on the menu. And I, out of the side of my mouth was like, ugh, collard greens smell like ass. And she was like, she turned to me, like didn't miss a beat. And she was like, how you know what ass smell like? You had your head up in somebody's ass, you nasty little, like she just like told me off in front of the whole fucking staff. And then at the end was like, get your ass back here and made me try them. And then she was like, and they were amazing. I mean, they were literally, I mean like benchmark best collard greens I've ever had in my life. And she was like, don't ever disrespect my food like that. And I was like, Yes, dear, dear. And we ended up being the best of buds. Like I, she, I would go to her house and she would, she and I would smoke weed together and she was one of my safe spaces. But uh, yeah, she, an amazing, amazing chef and literally takes zero shit from 15 year old me. Wow. Holy yeah. shit. I've awesome. never been, never been ripped up like that before. Oh man. Um, okay. My turn. Mm-hmm. Cool. I like this game. This is fun. <laughs> Uh, Renee Redzepi and Noma is, so I'm going to guess what Renee is like to keep okay. this going. Oh my God. He, I hope you can get it. He, to me, seems so up in his head 
at all times that he's kind of almost barely tethered to this planet because he's always thinking about foraging and what the menu could be. And he's, he's, he's kind of almost a, aloof, but he has such a strong team around him that he's able to be such a dreamer because he knows how to um, cast a supporting cast that is just bomb, bomb, bomb. I mean that's pretty that's pretty close. Re- he um he is like that and he's definitely one of the more and I think in general the people of Copenhagen just to, to throw a blanket on them that place is more magical and kind of witchy. Like they're they're open to I don't know. There's just a lot of folklore there and the way that they respect where they live and the thing they literally tree bark and Renee is a pioneer in that way. And just like, doesn't, um, he's anti like luxury. Like he actually, we got into a, a, not a, not a fight, but like a debate because he was just basically taking a shit on how lazy it is to use luxury items and call and say that that's like, the best that there is you know what i mean like saying that caviar and well of course it's delicious it's fucking rare and it's fancy and it's expensive but can you take something that's less so and so he's he's definitely out there he is aloof and at the time that i was there they had won the best chef like they were the 50 best number one restaurant for the first time and he had stepped away from the restaurant because he had the cookbook coming out so he was not um, in the restaurant in the way that I imagine he was before when they first opened. They had been open for six years before that. And so he was a little uh, unhinged when he would come in. He was kind of, he had a temper, a really bad temper, um, and would would really be aggressive to people. But he also didn't know what was going on in the way that, like, I felt it was kind of un- unjustified because you're like, you just, you just walked in. Like he would literally like show up from like a, a private event in Dusseldorf and be like, the fuck are you doing? And people would be like, what? This is on the menu. And he's like, no, it's not. And then you, it really would be on the menu. And they're like, okay, fine. Well, fuck you. Whatever. I hate it. It shouldn't be. It sucks. It wouldn't be if I was here. So get out of here. And oh, that must've been so hard to have him like be transitioning into a real celebrity where you're losing the thing that got you there and having mm. to let that go and juggle and be spread so thin. That that must be, what a fucking lesson to hear about this now as, you know, mm. as that's so fucking crazy. I think it's the, the worst thing that can happen to them. And it's kind of like this bitter, it's this double-edged sword that comes with being successful is that you end up being, ta- Thomas would in a different way express similar things because he really had to step away from the restaurant and you would see him in the private dining room with a stack of thousands of cookbooks that he would have to sign. And you'd like, they'd have like this little stage set up for him, but he would be in there isolated with a tower of books, two Sharpies, a glass of like bubbly water, a bottle of perfectly bubbly water in a silver coaster and a little glass, like for him to sit there for hours and sign cookbooks. And once he had a meeting where he called this meeting, they called them like town hall meetings And the whole staff came in and he was like, just ask me anything about myself. Ask me something that you've wanted to know about me because I feel so disconnected from this team. I feel like nobody knows who I am. He was like, I want to be in the huddle and I'm out here fucking doing cookbook tours. 
and I feel so disconnected. And like, it was a very human moment for him because he's not that way. And he always is just like onward and this is what I do. But he desperately missed being in the restaurant and actually cooking because it's like once he got so successful and what's same with Renee, you don't cook anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a heartbreaking thing to be like, you have to trade that. And then, you know, your legacy gets written into the menu, but your, your actual ideas are not necessarily, it's stuff that you did before that people are kind of riffing on. Hmm. So it's hard. I, I have my final question, but I know it's not my turn. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> thing that everyone thinks is delicious that you think is terrible and should never be served. This is popular menu item that you think should just never ever be served again. Um, (laughs) it's called I want to Scirocco. It's cod sperm. (gasps) It's a sack of cod sperm. What is it like? Shad row, kind of like kind of, but it's more jizzy. It's (laughs) literally like jizz, and it's in a sack, and they will temporify it, and it's supposedly like this very like mmm because shad row is like kind of good it's salty and like caviar like and you can stir it into stuff and it tastes good but this would be like a pocket of cod sperm fried that I just was like I don't give a fuck who made this this is terrible (laughs) oh my god okay wow I thought you were gonna say like scampi or something (laughs) no I fucking love <laughs> no, uh, I love shrimp scampi. I'm actually like I have a real soft spot in my heart Uh-oh, for country club food. Oh, did you hit your mute? Oh yeah, I did. There Sorry. you go. There we go. <laughs> um, I was just saying I have a soft spot in my heart for uh, con- what I call country club food, like shrimp scampi, like those kind of like just dishes from the '90s that people were like, "That's the thing." Clams Casino. Yes, yes, baby. Yes. <laughs> All day. Yes, beef Wellington. Yes, I love it all. all I think it's great. So good. That kind of ties right into my last rapid fire question, actually, a because beautiful. I was trying to think of, um, I, I didn't want to say last meal because that's too dark, but like dream, <laughs> dream meal. Like if you could pick anything from the restaurants you've cooked at to things you've made at home to things from your childhood to things you've never had but you know you would love like if the world is your oyster and that oyster is also a genie what would your dream meal look like coursed out or buffet style whatever you think oh my god this is like the hardest question ever this is i i don't know because i'm like i mean dream meal I'm going to exclude, I'm just going to make my own rules with this, because I'm going to exclude meals that I've had, because I'm like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to pick that, although it Could would you be something. Maybe Could you yeah, like maybe, take a, a little of this, a little of that, almost like a witch's brew, uh, you know, a pinch of this and a slurp of that? Yeah, kind of deal? yeah, totally. I mean, the one that comes to mind, and maybe this is kind of how it manifests itself in my brain but right after I had um the baby they're always like there's a big hype about what you eat you know for your first like what can you have after you have the baby as a celebratory meal but I I just wanted my mom's beef stew because it's it's so perfect and it's not even really classically perfect like there's a million other beef stews that are probably more like 
fancy and more steps but hers to me just flavor wise and the the symbolism and the comfort because she's an excellent cook and we always ate dinner together um every night and she's a huge inspiration for me loving food and she supported me when I dropped out of Berkeley School of Music and and College of Charleston and all of them and was like I just want to do this um so her the her beef stew is a number one thing one of the best things that I ever eight in my life um, is probably oysters and pearls. I think it's just, I had never had anything like it. I don't remember ever. It was like one of those, like the lights come on in a way that you didn't know things could be like that. I had no experience in fine, fine dining when I got that job. And I was like, never had had caviar and never had seen molecular gastronomy. And so just the entire feeling of eating it and the way it tastes blew is my it, fucking face off what is i don't know what oysters and pearls is it's a small dish of pearl tapioca sabayon so it's all of these different textures the oysters it's just the bellies of the oysters and they butter poach them so they trim away all the skirt and everything and it's just that little sweet belly and they put two of those poached set into a sabayon of pearl tapioca which is weird it's like literally tapioca pudding but mm-hmm. with like bermonte and chives and really really delicious um like shallot puree and white wine and then a big fat canal of caviar so it's like when you zoom out it's it's all of these different circular textures these little orbs like the tapioca pearls are a certain size the caviar is a certain size the oysters are a certain size and somehow in your brain and when you eat it it just like it's like your mind like sh- short circuits. Like you're like, I can't process it. It's mm-hmm. so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that Damn. like th- that like blew my mind just because I was instantly aware, like I don't have any business being here kind of. And also mm-hmm. like, I can't believe I'm here and I'm never leaving. I want to stay forever. Um, and then as far as places I, I want to eat, um, I don't know if you can count people who aren't alive anymore. Just anything that Julia Child would have made. I know that's so cliche, but like she is such an idol to me. And her approach to cooking is so, so earnest and like heartfelt and not fussy. Um, And so after all of that like fancy training that I have, like kind of unlearning that from a home cook, like she's really my inspiration in what I do now and how I'd like to feed people now because the fact is is you don't crave food from a nine course tasting menu you might be blown away by it but it's not what you want to eat when you're sad you know it's Mm -hmm. not something that you want to eat to feel better and the way I like to cook now is to like make people feel feel good in in a way that's not like I'm blowing your mind but just like I'm taking care of you so anything that she made (laughs) yeah yeah. That's nice. And it feels like the anti-Instagram uh, way of creating dishes. And that also just is so lovely to hear because, you know, there are these shows that are happening on TV that are, you know, truly wonderful cooking shows with wonderful chefs making wonderful food. And then there are these other shows that are clearly just about like that thing looks crazy and I can't believe that's how they made it. And, you know, that's a that's a weird way to go with it also. 
I also think Instagram is so crazy because I, I have a strict rule and it's, um, it's sometimes hard because I've made food that looks good that tastes not great. It's not mm -hmm. that it's bad or inedible, but I'm like, this wasn't really good. So I know when I look on, when I'm scrolling through, I'm like, a lot of this shit is just for looks. You, it's food. You don't get to taste it. <laughs> so I can yeah. look. And that's a trick that I think is, is an ugly thing to do to people because it makes them think that like all food that, you know, it's just about the way it looks and it really is. It's, it's only about the way it tastes. Although the presentation I think is important, but I just will never post anything. If I'm not happy with the way it tastes or if there's something that I thought could be better, I won't post it because I don't want to like lie to people. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And just to keep the streak alive every single episode um, until the new year is the goal, Mary Jane's sticky toffee pudding might not be the most Instagrammable thing in the world, but God damn it, if it wasn't my bite of the year, just it's mm. brown on brown and so fucking delicious. So yeah, heard. And now the street continues. Oh my God. You should talk about that sticky toffee pudding every year for the, the rest of the show forever because sticky toffee pudding is the fucking shit and it's not easy to make. So like steaming a pudding is not fucking easy and yours. I, I know it was beautiful. I just know it was. Thank you. I know I knew that it was um, that it was sort of like the, the right thing that I'd hit it when I tasted it, and I actually felt it in my genitals. Like yes, you <laughs> yes. know. <laughs> oh yeah. When you when you put that yeah. bite in your mouth and you feel it like that warmth contract sort of go yeah. through your yep. And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> no, I know exactly. That's the, God, that is the measure. That's truly That's orgasmic. Bite. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh my God. I, yeah. well, if you have, I want your recipe because I, I was, after our talk, I, I haven't been able to get it out of my head. I'm like, I have to make one for Christmas for sure. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Just on that Mary Jane train. I'll send it over. It. <laughs> Please do, because I have never made one and I, um, you said your dad, right, was British yeah, or my, your mom? My dad, my dad. So, yeah, we grew up with a lot of, like, English, you know, steamed puddings, figgy duff at Christmas, all that. We have a Christmas goose, very traditional. And, yeah, I was just craving it. And uh, I'm so glad to have found a recipe that I like that makes me yeah. come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good bonus. That's like a double whammy awesome, like, that is the goal. If you could just mm -hmm. come every time you eat, man, mm -hmm. I would be... Eating more than I already do. <laughs> <laughs> and the Brits have really different dairy offerings than us. And that makes their whole game like it's it's not easy. I I have heard, you know, double creams and all of these different type like dairy that we just don't have access to that makes their shit so much richer and more more insane. Oh yeah. I, My I'm aunt jealous. Lives in Henley on Thames and whenever I uh, we'd go Henley visit Henley on Tim's. Henley on Tim's. So beautiful. And when I used to go visit my aunt and uncle, they, you know, they had their milk delivered in glass bottles on the doorstep that the cream would rise on the top of, and they would like scoop the cream off in the mornings. And it was just like, that was just how it, how milk came to their house. It was yeah, hmm. amazing. What are so, we doing wrong here? So many things are wrong in America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need double cream. We yes. Do. Less oat, more double. Yep. Yes. I mean, Maybe. so many, so many things. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, can we plug everything? Cause you're cool as shit. 
Oh my God. You guys are so nice. You, you've plugged me enough. Um, my podcast is on, on the interwebs. It's FNB radio. It's E F F I N B. It's a visual pun. It was a poor choice, but I'm sticking with it. Um, FNB radio. And then on Instagram, it's at FNB radio. And then really you can email me at FNB radio at gmail.com. Um, but I am mostly on, on the gram. You can always get me in the DMS. Like, embarrassingly so my my husband was like maybe you slow down so people like think that you're doing something else and i was like okay all right i'll be less available all right all right coming coming in too quick with the responses got it (laughs) (laughs) but sometimes they're to him so you know he's like oh cool and i'm like thanks babe he's like jesus Lindsay, we're sitting right next to each other (laughs) oh man it is such a good grid I just want to give quick grid props as we wrap up. Yes. It's a dynamite Thank grid. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. Um, truly. Well, as as it stands right now, your episode is like the most popular for the last couple of months. It's gotten more more listens because I think it was so mind blowing to people to hear about something that is especially where where you know a lot of listeners are here in Charleston and other places where weed isn't legal. It's it was just the education behind it. So thank you for sharing all of your knowledge and, and wisdom. And please, let's have a pop-up. Yes, please. let's have a pop-up. Fucking now we're all to. connected. We're all friends. We've cross-potted. Now we got a pod pop. Yeah. And when it's safe and cool to do again, we should all plan a fancy dinner somewhere that we all want to go. We could meet somewhere and go to a very, very fancy fancy dinner. Because I think yes. that would be, I promise not to talk loud or talk to the waitress too much. <laughs> I'll bring rules. They're laminated. Don't worry. I've got a whole thing. I'll pass out. Yes. Just like put it in with the menus. It'll be like in your menu, you'll find a little, a little list of Mike's rules. Don't Uh fuck it up. I'm always fucking it up. No. It's okay. You guys are perfect. Oh man. Thank you so much. This is so fucking great to hang out with you. Happy fucking holidays. Happy Christmas. Happy everything. That tree in the background is so sparkly and beautiful. Yeah, it's got little food ornaments all over it. I've got s'mores and a cheeseburger and I've got a plate of deviled eggs. And yeah, I'm just going to keep putting food on my tree. And happy holidays to you guys. Thank you again. This was a pleasure. Yay. Awesome. Well, if you want to follow us, we're at Weed and Grub on Instagram. WG at Weed and Grub uh, for emailing us. Slide into our DMs. I don't know if you know, Lindsay, but Mary Jane gets whisk pics in our DMs every Instead so of dick pics. Yeah. Oh, tight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if there's ever a whisk out there that needs to be slid in, slide yep. into Mary Jane's DMs with it. Send me whisks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when we do this pop-up, we guarantee you will come. Woo. Yep. Oh, right. shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So what a nice little bow on that, Mike. You nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye.